Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. I'm about to get up in your business a little bit. All right. (laughs) I know it's super unpopular not to mention not politically correct right now to tell anyone what they ought to do. And I get it. I don't want to be told what to do either. But the whole idea that, you know, what's right for you is right for you. And no one could possibly speak truth or wisdom into your situation. That's just crazy talk. If I knew something was not good for you, I darn right ought to tell you and not let you just experience it. If there was spoiled milk in the fridge, here's just one super simple example. And I see you get a bowl from the cupboard and you fill it with cereal, you grab a spoon, you go to the fridge, you pull out the sour milk, take the lid off and pour it over your cereal. You get your spoon, you sit down, you start to eat your cereal without saying anything to you. I'm just watching you do it, right? I know the milk is spoiled. I watch you take a big spoonful into your mouth only to spew it across the kitchen table because who am I to tell you not to use the spoiled milk just because I don't like it doesn't mean you're not going to like it. That is ridiculous. If you don't tell me, Shauna, I'm going to make the bowl of cereal a hat for you. (laughs) Right. I would definitely strategically not sit across the table from you if I knew that was going down. That would be wise. You know how that's going to result, right? Okay. So take this analogy and move it over to the conversation that we're having this week. Our subject, our theme is habits for spiritual growth. I can't not tell you about the one spiritual habit that has been the most critical component to my entire spiritual growth, if I love you, which I do. So here I go, getting up in your business. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, better yet, let's hear from the late philanthropist and evangelist, George Mueller. This is how he said it. The vigor of our spiritual life will be in exact proportion to the place held by the Bible in our life and our thoughts. Or how about this from Donald Whitney? No spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. Nothing can substitute for it. There simply is no healthy Christian's life apart from a diet of milk and meat of scripture. Still not convinced? Listen to what Jesus had to say on the subject. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. How about this one from Hebrews? The Word of God is alive and active. Come on. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Okay, and all of this is absolutely true. But despite how important reading Scripture is and listening to Scripture is, most of us don't have a habit of reading Scripture on a regular basis. And I'm not coming at you trying to make you feel guilty. That is not the point. The point is to help you get started in reading the Bible, to realize how good it is and to get you engaged. So yesterday we had an incredible conversation with Daryl Dash. He's an author, pastor, guys got it going on. He's actually written a couple of different books about habits to help you to grow spiritually. And in one of his books, this is these are just some suggestions that he makes to help you get started in reading God's word. Before you do that, you can hear yesterday's show at org. It was awesome. PerryandShauna.org. Because Daryl Dash, not because Perry and Shauna. Yeah. Daryl's the bomb.com. Okay, you want to get started reading scripture. Number one, find out your why. Clarify your, for yourself why reading scripture is important because the chances are you're going to start reading and you're going to 
probably run into some hard days. You know, there's going to be some tricky passages. And there are going to be days when you are just knocking out of the park and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that I started reading the Bible and meeting with Jesus and he's just teaching me stuff and the Holy Spirit's working and it's awesome. And then there are going to be days when you're like, this is so hard. I don't even get it. I'm not sure I understand what's being said. I don't know how this applies to my life. Mm -hmm. So clarifying why you're reading the Bible is going to help carry you through those harder days that are a struggle. Honestly, keep doing it anyway, even when you have those hard days, because reading scripture is essential for spiritual growth. Remind yourself of that regularly. Okay. So is that the why it's essential for growth? Is that your why? Yeah, it is. It is our lifeline. It Mm. is, you know, abide, stay connected, be in it. Day in, day out, trust that God's doing something even when you can't see it. It's like your oxygen mask in space. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's a lifeline. <laughs> okay. All of a sudden I'm hearing... <gasps> let, me, let me break this down for you, Sean. Let me break, <laughs> break this down. In space, there's no oxygen. Right, I understand and so that. so you put on a, a mask... lesson from you. And you start... <laughs> Okay, find out the why, and the why is, yeah, it's critical. Okay, number two, start small. A lot of times I think we go like, I'm going to read the Bible for an hour every day. And then like we might pull that off for a day and then it just doesn't happen again because you don't have an hour. Start small, bite-sized pieces. It's better to read for five minutes every day than to read for an hour once in a while. Another tip for you, pick a format that really works for you. If you're a reader, pick a version that you connect with. You feel like this makes sense to me. I like this version. You can also listen to the Bible. There are tons of audio options. Streetlights is Mm -hmm. super swaggy. Very, very fun way to hear the word of God. Urban. Very urban. Mm -hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an app called Dwell. That one has a cost to it, but really, really good. The version app is just a great app. Some of the versions have an audio. They don't all have audio, but it is straight up scripture and it's really good. Also find some useful tools, some things that are helpful for you to understand. Maybe you want to get a study Bible it has notes down at the bottom on the page of your Bible about certain scriptures or a good commentary. I highly recommend NT Wright for everyone. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. There's reading plans. There's devotionals, the Bible project, which you can find on YouTube. And I'm sure by just going to like the Bible project, Googling it, you'll find it there too. But that's, those are videos that kind of unpack scripture and show you the big picture. So good. There's so many tools out there. And then find some friends to read with. Whether you sit down and just read the scripture and then talk about it, or you read the scripture on your own, but you have a time maybe once a week where you get together and you just talk about what you're reading and can ask your questions. And if you're not comfortable being together in person yet, there's so many creative ways to do this on Facebook or, you know, just by texting each other or create an email group. I heard of this thing called Zoom. Have you heard of this? Yeah. It's kind of new and up and coming. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I think most of us know how to use Zoom or some kind of platform where we can get online together. FaceTime for crying out loud. However, but it's just so good to come together. And I know I threw a bunch of stuff out at you all at once. You can just text me right now. Let me know you're interested and I can send these to you. Text 800-968-8930. Do you want to just send a text back or do you want the email address? Yeah, send me your email address and I can send them all back to you. So just text me at 800-968-8930. Let me know if you want to get your hands on this stuff. But here's the deal. Nobody ever outgrows scripture. 
That's what Charles Spurgeon said. That's a direct quote right there. He goes on to say, the book widens and deepens with our years. Mm-hmm. It's so it good. It's just so good. So keep reading. Keep listening. Keep memorizing scripture. Meditate on it. There is no other habit that will change you as much as this one. Forgiving the person who's wronged you, being kind to that person that doesn't deserve it. It might be a small slight, a mean word, or even a deep wound from someone who is just straight up evil towards you. To live like this, to give grace every day, today, is the Jesus way of life. And for this to become a part of my life, it begins with a choice, I believe to forgive, to be kind, to let go, and then choosing it again and again and again. And the choice obviously needs to be infused with the power of the Holy Spirit because this is, well, to err is human, to forgive is divine. It's true. But there's a lot working against us being this kind of person. Here's our buddy Dan Mike, one of the teaching pastors at Crossroads Bible Church in Grand Rapids. The world's going to tell you the complete opposite. You are supposed to look after yourself. What are you talking about? Think about this. You were wronged by somebody. Yeah, I know what they did, and I don't have to forgive them. Of course not. Your spouse, I know what they did. They're never going to get back into my heart. Or I know what this, this server or waitress or waiter did, and they're never going to get any generosity out of me. The heart of Jesus is so beautiful to say, I know. Even as we look into the mirror, I know. Jesus says, I know I don't have to do it because I know who you are and I know where you were, but I'm going to do it anyway because Jesus wants you to know that he'll sacrifice anything that he can to make sure that you are okay. He'll give up any option to make sure that you are safe and healthy and have what you need. I think that the Bible in, in, in general It points to God's restoring power being poured out on people who die on crosses. And I hear a calling from our mentor, our leader, to be somebody who picks up their cross also and follows him with a promise that God is the God of resurrection. And so if you have an opportunity, aside from receiving Jesus as that sacrifice for you, to be a person who has all kinds of opportunities in your life to say, I know what they did, but I'm going to forgive them anyway. I bet you you're going to start seeing restoration, resurrection, the power of God break through in your life. Maybe it's been a while since you gave into that pattern. Maybe it's been a while since you, in humility, gave it to the Lord and said, I want to do what you did and forgive them. I want to do what you did and give them something in mercy and grace, even if they don't deserve it. And if that's true, then I would expect to start to see God moving in a powerful way in your future, because that's who he is. He's got a resurrection. And you may be thinking, you don't know what they did to me. And I don't. I, I, I can't see life through your eyes. But I do know that living the Jesus life is not about just receiving the gospel, the good news of his grace and forgiveness. It's not just receiving the gospel. It's becoming the gospel, becoming the message of the gospel. When you and I choose to forgive, to be kind, to give someone something they don't deserve, to sacrifice for someone who doesn't deserve our sacrifice, each time we choose the way of Jesus, 
listen to this. The power of God fills us. But even more amazing, the power of God flows through us to repair and restore and heal. Think about what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross brought to the world. It brought restoration and healing and power and forgiveness through the greatest act of injustice. I've been thinking a ton lately about just how we get robbed of life when we stay in the past or we think about the future. And I think some of us either lean towards one or the other, like Mm -hmm. regretting our past or fearing our future. And I think I fall in the category of fearing our future more than I do regretting Mm -hmm. the past. And I'm the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but when it comes to forgiveness or unforgiveness, that's really a choice to stay in yesterday rather than to just be present with the God who is the God of today, right? Jehovah Mm -hmm. Shama or Shema, you know, the right here, right now, ever present God and trusting, trusting him, mm-hmm. trusting him for the future, trusting him for the past, um, trusting him to meet you where you're at today in the middle of the heartache. Cause forgiving somebody doesn't mean that the pain that they cause goes away. You might still be dealing with the pain of it, but God can meet you in that. And I think, you know, letting go of forgiveness, choosing to forgive because God has been so generous mm-hmm. in forgiving us is really, um, you know, a, it's really a trust with God thing of mm-hmm. letting go of my past and, and my future. What excites me about this is that when we choose to be kind, to forgive to, for those who don't deserve it, you know, we become like Jesus, but, but there's a power that's released in us mm-hmm to heal and to repair and to restore. And I'm missing out on that when I don't live that way of life. Yeah. I've heard it described before as like unforgiveness or bitterness, resentment is holding on to that which was done to you that was wrong. It's, it's like, it's like it's hooked on you. Like it's, it's stuck on you and choosing to forgive is releasing the hinges, you know, mm-hmm. cr- prying them open and releasing them. There's a freedom in that and there is a, a power in that. And it's totally supernatural. Yeah. And you're releasing yourself from that bondage. But think about this. You might just release that other person from their bondage. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what God promises when we live the Jesus way of life. His power fills us, flows through us to again, repair the world. Oh, you can play along if you like, or just listen. It's all play. One thing you'd love to be able to do, but you just can't. Like, I would like to have, from time to time, I'd like to have a clone when life gets really, really busy. And just to have a clone for a couple of days and just say to that clone, who's who's me, Just say, hey, would you take care of this, 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 and this, (laughs) and then you're done, okay, and then you unclone yourself. If I could do that, I probably would, but maybe it would be better if I had margin in my life. (laughs) Question for you, yeah, right? Question for you, would your clone, like as, uh so if your clone's taking care of business, the stuff's getting taken care of, but Mm -hmm. are you having the experience of it, or are you completely void of the experience, it's just done? I'm just saying to the clone, you do this. And then I'm just going to take care of some business 
Okay. You know, myself. I, but it's not going to be what Clone is doing. Perry Clone is going to be, you're going to be rocking it over here. Sure. And Perry Me is going to be rocking it here. Yeah, but what Perry Clone is doing, you miss out on the experience of that, right? Like you're personally not experiencing what Perry Clone's taking. Right. I, I'm not experiencing it, but I'm giving him a lot of grunt work, so I don't right, want right, to. Right, 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 right. It's the stuff you, you don't mind missing out on, yeah, but it just needs yeah. to happen. Like yeah, like the lawn. preparing for the morning show. Oh. <laughs> no, not really. Ouch. Yeah. So then the you, you would show up and everything's just there and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Something that you wish you could do, but you just can't. Yep. Play the guitar. Oh. And play the piano. I would it. just love to just sit down and just play and worship. But That'd see, this amazing. is this is something that you could do. I you've got it in you. You just don't have the time. I have literally taken guitar lessons. I have taken piano lessons. And right. I can't do it. You need to take piano lessons for my daughter. Maybe I do. Then you would really learn it. <laughs> and will you teach me guitar? Spiritual habits cause us to grow. Here's one. This is a spiritual discipline that gives me the strength to counter the lies I tell myself, the lies that I hear in the culture, and the lies and accusations of our enemy. Here it is. Reminding myself of the truth and standing firm in it. I get this right out of Philippians 4.8. Paul says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. There are a lot of other things we can think about that will drag us down and destroy us. And Paul says, through the Holy Spirit, think on the truth, the grace, the glory of God, the story of God, the love of Jesus, the word of God. Think on these things. Renew your mind. Okay, so our mind is just a complicated and beautiful and amazing thing. And our buddy Chris Corsi has been on the show many times and talked about the brain science of how we're impacted by what we think. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about joy and how we can kind of bank memories of joy. And just by thinking them through again, ah, we feel joy. It's like the same kind of chemicals that get released into our body when we have a joyful experience get released again when we remember that joyful experience. Mm -hmm. So put that together with the God who created us and knows us so well says, here's what I want you to do. Think about what is pure, mm -hmm. noble, good, right? The brain science confirms what happens inside of us when we do this. Okay, to go with that, when we think on the truth and the grace of Jesus, we turn the joy switch on. That's it. Yep. So like with this passage, you know, whatever is noble, for example, whatever is true, whatever is noble, I'll just camp there. Whatever is noble, it is so noble that Jesus died for me mm -hmm. at my worst. He died for me at my worst, not when I was so presentable. And he still sees that I'm so imperfect and have a lot of flaws and a lot of mess in my life. But he's, he nobly died for me, knowing everything about me. He loves me as I am, not as I should be. And that's just one of the takeaways from this passage. You can go through each one of these, one of these things to think on and just expand it from there, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. It's God's good and perfect plan for us. 
So check out Philippians 4, 8, memorize that, and then just in your own mind, unpack each one of those words. morning. It's so good to start the day together. We need each other. We were not created to go it alone. I know it's popular mantra in the world today, you know, you do you. And it seems like in every way possible, we're wanting to declare our independence. (laughs) We even own t-shirts that say whatever, you know, all I need is Jesus and mascara. That's all (laughs) I need. You know, (laughs) me and my Jesus, we're going this thing alone. Yeah. But Jesus himself would not advocate for you going it alone, but for belonging to a community of Christ followers, to your local church. I think since COVID hit, Christians have been scattered and for legitimate reasons, but churches are starting to gather once again or have been gathering once again every Sunday, but they aren't filling up like they were before. And this isn't a conversation about COVID. It's about community. If you have concerns about coming together in groups, that's totally understandable, But you can't go, but you cannot and will not grow spiritually alone like you will with other believers. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing church from home online, that's awesome. Keep doing that. But we're not going to connect with one another in a meaningful way by turning on the church service. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. We need to reach out to friends and meet with them, even if that's online. You know, having conversations that are meaningful about scripture and about life and, and, you know, encouraging one another and praying for one another. We need those kind of one another actions. I tell you, just I'll speak for myself. I just know that I did the online thing, you know, when things were locked down and the church wasn't opened. But I just one of the greatest joys of my life is worshiping Jesus with other believers Mm -hmm. in the same room. And. God comes down. God comes down when we when we gather. Heaven meets earth when we gather and we worship the living Jesus. Because you know what? We are the temple. We're, we're the new temple. The temple isn't mm-hmm. here or there right. or in this church building or that church building. The people of God are the temple. Right. And so when the people of God gather, the glory of the Lord fills the temple. Preach. Okay. It's so good. It's yeah. just so good. It's absolutely true. I I just agree with you wholeheartedly. God created us to experience him together in community. And we've talked a lot about, you know, the habits and practices this week. And we've talked about the individual things that you can do, like reading your Bible and praying and different things like that, which are all so significantly important, but also, also coming together with other people who believe. Mm-hmm. In Acts, we see, you know, those who believed were baptized and added to the church. They joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They worshiped together regularly at the temple courts and met in small groups in homes for communion and shared meals with great joy and thankfulness. I do have to say in regards to that whole sharing meals thing, how many times was Jesus sharing meals with people? All the time. All the time. That boy liked to eat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really think that he actually saw the value in that, right? The joy in that and how relationship is built when we come together. But being a, a part of a church will help you in so many ways to grow spiritually. It'll help you to focus on God, help you to face life's problems. You know, it'll help you to fortify your faith, to find your place and make a difference in the world, to fulfill your life's mission. 
Another cool thing we have at our our temple, you know, where I gather with the people of God is a prayer ministry. And it's just, you know, after the service, there are people who have a passion to pray. And I just, I take them, I take them up on that a lot of times. And to be able to face-to-face pray with somebody and, you know, have somebody put an arm on your shoulder and, and just really enter into what's going on in your life and watch the Holy Spirit move. That's amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many benefits to coming together. Honestly, I would love to hear from you this morning what you benefit from, like how it blesses you to be together with other believers, to go to church, to gather. You know, we talked about worship. We talked about prayer. It is meaningful to come together. And how has it impacted you? Share with us this morning, 800-968-8930, 800-968-8930. Gather in meaningful ways with your church family. Be creative, but don't miss out on the blessings and the benefits of being together. It's a habit that will grow you spiritually in beautiful ways. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.